Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. Today I want to tell you about some things that are on my mind, but that have everything to do with Jesus, David, and Isaiah. Let's start off in uh, John 10, and starting in verse 7. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. And in the margin, it says that the Greek there reads, will find safety. And get this, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. My purpose, and I'm reading in the NLT, by the way, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Unquote. I don't believe he's talking necessarily about this life here and now. I really don't. I think that's future. That makes, makes it prophecy. His purpose is in the future for us to have a rich and satisfying life that won't end. This is the whole deal with Jesus, is eternal life. He's the only one who brought the end of death. No one else. All the rest are thieves and robbers. That's what I think of when I think of world religion. All of them are thieves and robbers, conning the people out of their money and robbing them of the truth and of their f true destiny. Your destiny and mine lies in the hands of Jesus. He's coming back here to rule and reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords from Jerusalem. From there, his government will spread around the world and take over every government. Now, let's go to uh, Psalm 22 for a second. Right after the book of Job and before the writings of Solomon, here's what David says. And this is um, the, the directive here is for the choir director, a psalm of David to be sung to the tune, Doe of the Dawn. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And see, this is what Jesus said on the cross. But this is a song. Jesus was singing on the cross. Well, it's something to think about. Next verse. Why are you so far away from helping me when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, and I, but I find no relief. Have you ever felt that way about God? That your prayers go as high as the ceiling and that's it? No one's there listening? Well, occasionally you might run into that, and I might too. But in reality, God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's up to, and he has your best interests in mind. 
and mine. He wants what's best for his children, and that's what we are. Verse 3, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. And that's what he's going to do for each one of us. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Now, is this David talking about himself or talking about Jesus? We'll read on. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one the Lord or who relies on the Lord, then let the Lord save him. Isn't that what they said to Jesus on the cross? Come down from the cross and we will believe you, they said. They mocked Jesus. They didn't mock King David, at least not to my knowledge. Uh, He was the king, he was the boss, and he killed lots of people. But he also did a lot of good. He goes on, If the Lord loves him so much, then let the Lord rescue him. This is the way they taunted him and mocked him. Verse 9, Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb, and you led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. And you and I both can actually relate to that because that's the way it is. We were born because God wanted us born. And we've been in his hands from that point on. Do not stray, or stay, I'm sorry, do not stay far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Now, what are these bulls of Bashan? Well, they're demons, as far as I'm concerned. Like lions... They open their mouths, their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. This is talking about Jesus, this whole uh, prophecy here. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. This is exactly what happened to Jesus. O Lord, do not stay far away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Save me from the sword. 
What pierced Jesus and took his life from him? A sword. Save me from the sword. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Snatch me away from the lion's jaws and from the horns of these wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. We all should fear God, for he has the power of life and death over each one of us. He owns us. We belong to him. Thank God that he cares about us. Honor him, you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them. But he has listened to their cries for help. I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. That's what God does. He finds the poor and helps them. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Everybody. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All the families of the nations will bow down before him. For royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations. Well, he doesn't today. That's future. That's prophecy. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Bow before him, all who are mortal. And you and I do not have an immortal soul. We are a soul. A soul is a person. We are persons. We are people. We are God's people. Bow before him, all who are mortal, all whose lives will end as dust. Our children also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything he has done. And that's the end of the chapter, chapter 22 of the Psalms. The faith chapter is known as Hebrews 11. David is listed as one of the prophets. Check out this in verse 32, Hebrews 11. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and all of the prophets. See, he's lumped right in there with all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, that's David, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions quenched the flames of fire, escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. 
That was David. Women received their loved ones back again from death. Others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Wow, that's what you and I do. We place our hope in a better life after the resurrection. That's talking about a future. That's prophecy. Some were jeered at. Their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, like Isaiah. Others were killed by the sword, like Jesus himself. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They, too, were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains and hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Wow. I'll read that again. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. We're going to be there with the prophets of old in a resurrection. And that's when we will receive our eternal life. We don't have eternal life right now except as a down payment, a promise. So, We don't have an immortal soul that will live on if we die. No, we go to the grave and wait for the kingdom of God to arrive. The resurrection happens at that moment. And then we will join Jesus in Jerusalem and be dispersed all over the earth to rule and reign with him and under him as kings and priests. Now let's flip on over to Isaiah 14 for a moment. But the Lord will have mercy on the descendants of Jacob. He will choose Israel as his special people once again. He will bring them back to settle once again in their own land. The people from many different nations will come and join them there and unite with the people of Israel. The nations of the world will help the Lord's people to return, and those who come to live in their land will serve them. Those who captured Israel will themselves be captured, and Israel will rule over its enemies. Now that's prophecy. That's not happening right now. Over in Israel, which is very small, by the way, very tiny. It has somewhere around 8,200 square miles. And they're surrounded by Egypt, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon. And they're that little strip in between. They're surrounded by enemies. Iraq and Iran are nearby, and so is Turkey, Libya, Sudan, Yemen, Oman, Kuwait. These people are not friends of Israel, except for the possibility of uh, Jordan. 
it seems like America is Israel's only real friend in the world. Well, what about it? Well, what about it is the trouble is going to happen that'll start World War III. It's going to happen in Israel. And, um, you know, there is a pipeline that runs through Israel that brings Saudi Arabian and Egyptian oil through to all of Europe. That's right. And no wonder they want that strip of land. And that's where Israel makes all of its wealth. It's come, it comes from oil. They make millions of dollars, probably billions of dollars every year uh, just uh, handling the oil and the revenue that comes through there. But in that day, Israel will rule over its enemies. Verse 3, in that day, that wonderful day when the Lord gives his people rest from sorrow and fear and from slavery and chains, you will taunt the king of Babylon. Now, I believe this king of Babylon is Satan. You will say, the mighty man has been destroyed. Yes, your insolence is ended. The Lord has crushed your wicked power and broken your evil rule. You struck the people with endless blows of rage and held the nations in your angry grip with unrelenting tyranny. But finally, the earth is at rest and quiet. Now it can sing again. That's what happens when Jesus rules righteously, not when it like it is today when Satan himself is ruling the world. Verse 7, again, But finally the earth is at rest and quiet, and now it can sing again. Even the trees of the forest, the cypress trees, and the cedars of Lebanon sing out this joyous song. Since you have been cut down, O Satan, I would add there, no one will come to cut us down now. Now we can grow and thrive. In other words, verse 9, In the place of the dead, there will be excitement over your arrival. The spirits of the world leaders and the mighty kings long dead will stand up to see you. They'll come up in a resurrection, and they will actually watch Satan himself die. For more proof of that, you can just flip on over to Ezekiel 28 and read about the king of Tyre and what will happen to him. And we've read this before on this podcast recently. With one voice, they all cry out, Now you are as weak as we are. You're dead. See, they're, they're dead, and they're um, allegorically speaking from the grave. Your might and power were buried with you. The sound of the harp in your palace has ceased. Now maggots are your sheet and worms are your blanket. How fallen from heaven are you, O morning star, son of the morning? See, that's talking about Satan. Looks to me like. You have been thrown down 
to the earth, you who destroy the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. That's pretty arrogant, seems to me. I will preside on the mountains of the gods, little g, far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens, and I will be like the Most High, or I will be the Most High. Some translations say there. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Verse 16, everyone there will stare at you and ask, can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? The kings of the nations lie in stately glory, each in his own tomb. But you will be thrown out of your grave like a worthless branch. This can be no other than Satan. Like a corpse trampled underfoot, you will be dumped into a mass grave with those killed in battle. You will descend to the pit. You will not be given a proper burial, for you have destroyed your nation and slaughtered your own people. The descendants of such an evil person will never again receive honor. Kill this man's children. Let them die because of their father's sins. They must not rise and conquer the earth, filling the world with their cities. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. I myself have risen against Babylon. I will destroy its children and its children's children, says the Lord. I will make Babylon a desolate place of owls filled with swamps and marshes. I will sweep the land with a broom of destruction. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken." The Lord of heaven's armies, God the Father, is sending Jesus back. Let's flip back to Isaiah 11. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by the appearance, nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his own word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day... The wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with a baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them all. That cannot be today, and that's future. The cow will graze near the bear, and the cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow, and the baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. 
Yes, a little child will put his hand in the nest of, a deadly, of, of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters cover the sea, so the earth will be filled with the people who know their God, know the Lord. So what does it have to do with David? Verse 10. In that day, the heir to David's throne, that would be Jesus, will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him in the land where he lives will be a glorious place. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand again the second time to bring back the remnant of his people, that's Israel, those who remain in Assyria and northern Egypt, in southern Egypt, Ethiopia, Elam, in Babylonia, Hamath, and all the distant coastlands, he will raise a flag among the nations and assemble the exiles of Israel. He will gather the scattered people of Judah from the ends of the earth. Then at last the envy between Israel and Judah will end, and they will be rivals no more. They will join forces to swoop down on Philistia to the west. I believe that's the Gaza Strip. There, or no, together they will attack and plunder the nations to the east. They will occupy the lands of Edom and Moab and Ammon. will obey them. The Lord will make a dry path through the gulf of the Red Sea. He will wave his hand over the Euphrates River, sending a mighty wind to divide it into seven streams. So it will easily be crossed on foot. He will make a highway for the remnant of his people, the remnant coming from Assyria, just as he did for Israel long ago when they returned from Egypt. And that's the last verse in Isaiah 11. Now, I know you've heard this before, and I've said it before on this podcast, that there is coming a better day, and you will be there to see it. That's what God's word says there will be a resurrection from the dead and we will all be together in his kingdom one day and what a great day that will be that's what we should look forward to there's no going to heaven when you die you are going to a resurrection we all are and we will be there together with jesus this is albert hardy for bible prophecy radio Thank you for tuning in today. Please go to my website, itellwhy.com. There's nothing for sale. I'll see you next time.